Welcome to Layout, a podcast about design, technology, and everything else. I'm Kevin. And I'm Rafa. In this episode, we talk about what everyone's been talking about for the last couple of weeks, which is AI. And more specifically, we talk about how we feel about it. Which is something that AI can't do. <laughs> wow, shots fired. <laughs> AI. AI. <laughs> How's it going? We need to talk about this. It's so interesting. Um, like I've been looking forward to talking to you about this because I feel like the whole massive wave of AI news and mid-journey and stable diffusion and the chat GDP and all that stuff like happened during our break, I think. Or at least yeah. at the peak of it. <laughs> so that is true i have no idea how you really feel about it uh i don't know if you know how i feel about it but i i need to talk to you about it i need to get stuff out of my system nice i want to hear it i i feel like you have something that you really need to get out <laughs> this. my guess can i guess okay i guess you are you don't love the idea of this potentially replacing some real artists real people <laughs> real people's work i mean sure i don't care for that idea but that's not like that's not what's keeping me up at night like the, i i think i i'm not afraid or concerned that it will replace certain artists uh and that's part of it i think but i am overall right now my feeling towards this is i feel so uninterested in it like i have no interest <laughs> i am not impressed i am not excited about it but at the same time, I am a bit concerned that I'm missing out on something. I am concerned that, like, am I just getting jaded and I don't see, like, new advancements in technology and get excited by it? And that is concerning to me. Hmm. Like, am I old? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I want to talk to people and I want to... It's not that I want for you to change my mind, but... I want to try to understand and, and hopefully change my perspective and my attitude towards it. Because... We can just start talking uh, about it, I guess. Do you think we need to introduce like the topic or what it is? Or I don't think we need to. Yeah, I mean, if you've been on Twitter at all or Macedon or whatever. I get, although on Macedon, there's a lot less chatter about mm -hmm. AI than Twitter, I think. I mean, you know all about this, right? Like this is uh, OpenAI introduced this thing called ChatGPT which is what a lot of folks and even different companies are using their API in order to provide sort of chat-like functionality, but where the other side of the chat is this AI. And there's been a lot of discussions around, like, is this actually AI? Not really. Mm -hmm. But basically use these large language models, which are basically trained on huge data sets that we assume is just basically crawling the internet um, mm -hmm. to try to determine what is the most likely answer to your question. And it kind of does this by on a word by word basis. So imagine like it's taking like a word and then predicting like what is the next word <laughs> that makes the most sense for the sentence based on all the knowledge it has. So it's not smart in any way, but it's just like trying to most accurately predict what is the most likely answer given the prompt mm -hmm. um that's a good summary so that's what we're talking about 
when we talk about the this like AI thing, even though it's not real artificial intelligence because there's yeah. not really any intelligence there. And this also coming right after or around the same time as with the stuff like Midjourney and Stable Diffusion, where these models, let's call it AI, whatever, they can create, in this case, imagery uh, out of no, it's not out of nowhere, but they can create something based on a prompt, the written prompt or something. And why is this now relevant or why is this like somehow new is because it's the first time really that we have these AIs create something as opposed to like a more traditional like bot or something, chat bot that would just pre-written messages and with a bunch of logic like when to say something so this this feels it's generative right it's somehow creative and people are freaking out because like this is the future and uh, it's going to replace everything um okay i'll just i'll just come out straight out again and, and i think i've been in preparation for this podcast i've been trying to make a an effort to really understand why am i not into this like why am i not <laughs> excited about this breakthrough in I don't know. It's not really a breakthrough. Like in this technological advancement, like why? And I think it's it's a lot based on the applications that I've seen so far and all the things that I've seen people use it for. And also it doesn't help that I came out of a long drought with the whole crypto web three thing that like that was like the next big thing. And all of a sudden a lot of people, most of the internet felt like they were really into it. And I decided to sit this one out. I was like, you know what? Well, that was kind of pointless. <laughs> yeah. You know what, industry? You do this. Like, I'll, I'll sit this one out. You know, I'll take the next train, kind of. And so that was like long. I felt long. <laughs> and then uh, after that tanked, I felt validated, but like excited for the next thing. All right, finally, we're done with this. What's next? And it's AI. And a lot of that same people from like Crypto Web 3 thing now are also embracing this. I'm not saying that it's the same. It's really not. It's very different. But I feel tired. Like, oh, man, also another the big thing that I'm not interested. And so I think, again, to go back, based on the applications that I've seen. Let's talk about VR next. <laughs> seriously. At least VR, I see the appeal. Like, okay, it's not going to change the world. I don't think it's going to replace anything. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm talking to a gamer here. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, it might be related to my <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> so based on what I've seen, it just feels like, okay, now with AI, it's way cheaper, faster, easier to produce mediocre stuff. Like I haven't seen AI do something like incredible that a human wouldn't do. So we're not really elevating what we can do. It's just, oh, we can create like imagery real quick that it's really not great and like don't ask it to draw fingers or faces because it's not good. It's getting better at that, actually. It's getting better, yeah. And and to be fair, I think I also am doing a bad job at, at trying to look ahead, right? I'm, maybe I'm judging it too hard on the current state of things. So maybe you can help me with that. But like even stuff like, oh, look, I've asked this chat thing to write a whole code for me, write a whole app. I put it in the app store, it compiles, and then I asked like this mid-journey thing to create app icons and whatever. And look, I made a whole app. Not me. I I have AI make a whole app, and it's in the app store. It's been approved. And I look at it, and I'm like, well, why? It's a shitty, very mediocre stuff thing. Why are we doing this if it's not to elevate what we can do as humans? <laughs> Maybe I'm getting too deep into uh, <laughs> whatever. So that's, that's ultimately... That's what it, like, even the chat thing is like, okay, so, but what is this? Like, we're all excited because it sounds like a human is talking, but 
it's not a search engine because, as we've all seen by now, it gives you false information. So we can't trust what it's saying. But it does sound human. And let's just unpack this for a sec, right? Like the AI giving you false information. Mm -hmm. When you understand how this works, this makes a lot of sense. Because basically what it's doing, it's trying to give you an answer that sounds the most likely, Right. right? Like that's the entire process of this is like, hey, like given a question, what is the most likely answer? And as it's writing the sentence, it's trying to figure out like what is always the next most likely thing to happen. So a lot of the time, It'll actually get things correct because, and also, by the way, like its training set, I think is up until around, was it 2020 timeframe? It's like a couple years old. I didn't even know Also on the training set. So it doesn't have like most up-to-date information on everything. A lot of the times it's going to be, happen to be right because it'll find essentially like the common answer to this question that already exists. But other times what it's going to do is it's going to try to produce you a like good sounding answer <laughs> that may not have any actual basis in truth because it doesn't know what the truth is. It only knows right. what sounds like a likely answer to your question. Right. Based on patterns, repetition, what it's seen, what it has seen. Exactly. Right. So, okay, I don't, I don't really need to continue. I would love to hear what do you think. But like overall, it feels like it's not really elevating what we can do. Like what gets me excited about technology is the little details, the cool little like personality touches, the like surprise and delight, right? And by definition, these AIs are not going to surprise you much because that's the whole point. Like it's supposed to be the most common, most correct thing. So I haven't seen anything that got me really excited. Like, ooh, I wish I could do that. Like, I wish I had thought of that. I wish I could, you know, like before this, I wouldn't be able to do X and now I can. So even like writing code for you is interesting and like very impressive that it can do that. But would I want to do that? Like maybe it got to a point that was really good. But even then, like it's, I guess they're just saving me some time, but it's not really allowing me to do more, I don't think. Anyway, maybe I'm too old. How do you feel about this? Please shine some light on this and, and make everyone feel better about it. I'm incredibly excited about it, actually. Great, please. <laughs> I think this is a big paradigm shift in the industry. And it's only the beginning, really. The way I would sort of explain it is that this category of problems, I'd say like the collective tech industry basically would try to go and help you with. So imagine, I mean, there's a lot of examples, like you're writing a document, you're putting together a presentation about something. I Maybe this is top of mind for me but um it's uh performance review season uh, over here at Shopify. write emails for me and i want to be clear that i did not <laughs> use this on any of my performance reviews yet but but there are a lot of instances like okay you're making a website okay i've had to make several websites for my parents various companies over the years the thing that they always struggle with is not like hey let's look at cool design ideas they just have no idea what to write on this website. <laughs> okay? And in bigger, larger companies, it's like literally someone's job to like figure this out. But in a lot of cases, in like smaller sort of endeavors and in lots of situations where we have to write things, a lot of the times like writing's difficult. <laughs> like it's actually quite hard to come up with something from scratch. Um, and what a lot of people usually end up doing is all right fine well let me go at other sources like whether you're writing uh i don't know like you're writing a card 
for someone that you're not super familiar with or you're writing a website or you're doing that like you will go and see source of inspiration heck we do this when we design right like we'll look at various sources of inspiration to give us some ideas not necessarily to copy directly but just kind of to get our, our juices flowing and understand a bit about the sort of overall structure that is like commonly accepted for this, this kind of thing this is exactly what this tool is actually doing for you and so it can give you a much much better starting point for a lot of things and i think that's the key it's not trying to do like the top like hey here's the best the world's best writing it's trying to give you hey here's the world's fastest draft <laughs> to me that's how you think about this like the world's fastest draft something that you can start with and go and edit. And so as I'm writing my performance reviews, it would be way easier for me if I'm like, hey, mm, I don't know, like I'm making up a totally fake person here. Like this person's great, but things that they need to work on, they are always late. They're not good at organizing their Figma. And like, that's like super direct feedback. <laughs> it would probably not be the right way to deliver it to the person. But if I could put this in a, into a text box, have it actually generate for me, like nicely worded, nicely formatted paragraph about some of these things, then I think that would be great. Like that would actually really save a lot of time for me. To be clear, I don't think it's quite there yet. Uh, <laughs> like I think there's still room to grow. But I think there are many situations where it would actually be useful. On the inverse, I don't know if you've had this. I've certainly been in situations like this where at work, someone will send me like a 10-page document <laughs> on some kind of project or someone will send you like hey here's like a 20-minute long video on something this ai has the ability to summarize things for you and like break things up into like bullet points or like organized information microsoft had the example of like you're showing up late to a meeting it's like feeding off the live transcript and you can actually ask questions on what happened in this live conversation that you actually missed the beginning of. Like, I think that's really compelling. Other piece, I think it also has a lot of applications, in my opinion, on things like just areas where there are things you can do, but the interfaces have actually been really difficult for real humans to process. And the example there is another example from Microsoft on excel so imagine like the example they give you is like a huge spreadsheet full of data and you could actually go in and like write the formulas to actually generate graphs and pull out the interesting data points in there but that's actually quite hard to do i mean i know this it was actually like my specialty <laughs> when i was in school is <laughs> like sort of baby programming so i like greatly enjoyed doing that myself but I know for a fact, because I would like constantly be helping people out with these things, that it's not something that a lot of people can grasp. But a ton of people can ask questions <laughs> about these things. And so this can translate someone's input of like a question into the actual right sort of parameters and formulas to be able to surface the information. So all these examples are you know, hard to deny that they're cool good in something you couldn't really do before but is this like as transformative as as you think people might make it sound like like because this is not really going to change much of what we do already it's going to maybe make it easier faster to do certain things 
that maybe were not possible even before. I don't know. It's, it feels like it's. It doesn't sound like the most transformative thing. That's like a lot of people seem to, to make it because the thing I just see in in the very near future is like, oh crap! Now someone's gonna feed this machine and like create thousand blog posts or articles <laughs> based on whatever. And we're going to create one every second and we're going to optimize for SEO and create mid-journey with fake, you know, imagery to go with it and just feed this website to get some money out of that. And it's not going to be one person doing this. It's going to be too many people doing this. And all of a sudden, just like, oh, man, we're just creating noise, so much noise and no one's reading this. And if they are, then what's the point? None of it is like real. <laughs> it's just a bit. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic, but like I see this happen. Like no, I mean I think that's hundred percent true. Mike Hurley was talking about on, on one of his podcasts. I don't remember which one, but uh, he was talking about how uh, he was like, my inbox is going to be completely unusable now. <laughs> with this you know because he's. Yeah. I don't know if you're getting these, but I certainly am getting like at least two or three emails a day. <laughs> It's like, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'd like to introduce you this, like, Mr. Fancy Person to be on your podcast. Yep. <laughs> Would you like to have them as a guest? And, I mean, those already rarely get caught up in this spam folder, but, like, imagine in this new world you could, like, generate, you know, hundreds of different permutations of these emails mm-hmm. and, like, just, like, keep sending them. And, like, as a user, you would not be able to necessarily tell like which one is like like right. bespoke yep. <laughs> written by a human versus kind of template that doesn't really know much about you. So I think there is going to be as much positive as there is going to be, there's going to be an equivalent side of like negatives and folks using this and abusing this in many ways. But like maybe to like <laughs> flip this on his head, like I actually think this is also why this thing is transformative is there are a lot of possibilities. It's, I think it's going to change the nature of a lot of different things the same way. Like, I mean, people are, you know, having always a, a lot of different examples on deep fakes and like these AI voice models and stuff like that. Like I saw someone create a new Kanye West song <laughs> on Twitter recently. We did not endorse uh, mr west or any of his actions but like it's just like it's changing the nature of the world where we can't trust audio and we can't trust images or even video at this point like i do think it is transformative there are going to be a lot of negatives there are also going to be upsides like it, it comes together like you can't get just the upside without the downside and also the other thing i'd point out is can you be sure will this just go away Maybe. (laughs) I think it's entirely possible, but I think you have to try and essentially take a guess. Like, would you take a bet on you think, yes, like this will have a large impact or no? Like, probably when looking at crypto stuff, I would have erred on the side of no. (laughs) Like, it's just, I just couldn't never see it. And there may be aspects of it that eventually like turn into something but whereas this i find that even today there's a lot of interesting use cases they're not perfect absolutely not but i already feel like it's changing things yeah and then what i would say is i feel like we're in the blackberry era of this ai thing right so it's kind of like i think dismissing it too early is like looking at a blackberry and being like like you know this is terrible (laughs) 
like the screen is tiny and like the internet access is slow and like you know these things are these things are not great like i, I don't think it necessarily has had its like proper iphone moment even though i think a lot of people would say that it's already there i think that to me is the like hey that's a little bit too soon like we're in a interesting sort of demo beginning of interesting use cases that people can use in the real world but not yet at the like hey this is the killer must have and now everyone you know actually gets it face that's fair and i'll keep waiting i'll sit this one out as until it i guess it matures ultimately it's i get excited when technology like augments what i can do as a human and this technology is really not allowing me to do anything more than i couldn't before really and what it's doing now, people are excited about the tech itself, and it's just a toy, and I don't really see value out of it. And the only value that I can tangibly see, it's some of the things, the bad things I mentioned. Like, yeah, people are now just going to generate so much noise around, and it's really not going to help. So, you know, like I need to, I'll wait. I'll wait this one out until it gets good, because I want to be excited about it. And I appreciate your input and your take on it. Um, okay, so when are we going to let AI write the script for this podcast and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that might be able to happen at some point. <laughs> Actually, this whole podcast was... No, just, <laughs> just kidding. This episode is sponsored by... Brand new sponsor, brand new sponsor. Tripsy. Tripsy is this lovely indie app and it's uh, all you need for a safe and organized trip so it's an app for what ios uh, ipad also just iphone yeah they also have an apple watch app whoa okay so it's this uh, ios app uh, and watch ios app where you can use to organize all of your travel information you can track flights you can have your hotels restaurants tours places you want to visit all in one place you can see a 10-day uh, weather forecast which is incredibly helpful when you're planning a trip yeah that is a new feature boom you can receive flight updates via push notifications so you'll never miss a gate or a time change again you can view all of your safe places itineraries routes and get one-click access to popular mapping services like Waze, google maps uber from any of your destinations i've used tripsy for many different trips and here's the thing when you go on a vacation you do not want to show up there and be wondering what should we do today <laughs> right? like, that's the last thing you want to do you kind of want to get these things out of the way first and so tripsy lets you find all of those like fun activities fun places that you want to go and, and visit and what i like about it is it lets you map them over time so you can say okay well on this day we're going to do this and on that day we're going to do that there's like a beautiful map view like you mentioned and the app just looks absolutely gorgeous seriously like can we just talk about that like part of me uses it entirely because the app just looks so damn amazing and i love ha being able to have all these things on my watch directly too so what i'll do is i'll generally use like a complication and so i can see what my next activity is on my planning and uh, uh like it's, it's also great like you can store documents you know how sometimes like you have uh, like so you have like train tickets and like sometimes those are like pdf yep. still and like all that information they're like oh i don't want to like lose it and prior to that i would have to like keep it in my inbox but then it get gets mixed in with a whole bunch of stuff tons of ai <laughs> generated emails who knows <laughs> i can actually get all that stuff off of my inbox 
put it into Tripsy. It's in a safe place. The app is an absolute delight to use and just makes your vacation that much more enjoyable. It really, and I mean this is in the best of compliments, it, it looks like Apple designed it, really. Like the reminders team maybe got went crazy and designed a whole app. It's beautiful. Also, I didn't mention, but you, it can sync with any calendar app, really. So we can create itineraries then automatically. And you can share trips with other friends and stuff. It's uh, really impressive. You can get 30% off their yearly plan with our special URL, which we're going to put in the show notes. So just, I mean, if you're on your phone, perfect. Just click there and you'll be taken to the App Store. Um, give it a try. It's it's really, really, really impressive. I use it as, you know, you always have these like apps that are used for reference, like good design reference. You know, Tripsy was there. And like stuff like Honk and other apps, like you just use, oh, these are cool. This has been in my list of like references. I check out how they do stuff for inspiration. Would you say that this app is part of your training data set? <laughs> It's part of my model, yeah. <laughs> For AI, Rafa. Rafa AI. <laughs> um, and also, they're an indie shop. They're, uh, I think there's just two folks. Um, at least I've spoken to two of them. <laughs> it's an indie shop, and they're lovely. And um, we're really happy to have more in the apps highlighted feature here on the show so more than ever it would mean a lot for us and for them if you could check out their app so again and you can save uh, some money off with our, with our url in our show notes so so a huge thanks to tripsy for sponsoring layout and yeah go check them out links in the show notes so i mean you know the like i heart nyc logo right yeah yeah so there was this campaign which i think started off as like hey this is a redesign and then over time ended up sounding more and more like, hey, this is like maybe a temporary campaign that we're not going to have forever. Uh, riffing off this I Heart NYC, uh, like iconic, absolutely iconic logo by Milton Glaser. And I, I just wanted to touch it on it very quickly because I feel like it speaks to Layout's roots where <laughs> when we were reviewing some some logo designs, do you remember back in the day like Medium's Several rebrandings and like we would cover all these things. That was our first episode. (laughs) So deep cut. So only the real ones will remember. Uh Well, I was curious to get your take on it. But like if you haven't been really paying attention to that, I'll give you mine and then we can move on. (laughs) You know, when when you don't know where the other person stands in in an opinion, in a topic, and you're afraid to like say, oh, yeah, this is awful. And then the person like, well, actually, I think it's great. I never have this feeling. (laughs) (laughs) i just looking at this really like my first take is oh man this is pretty bad i am not into it but uh maybe you are not maybe you love it so maybe i'm gonna let you start actually yeah no this is horrible like (laughs) okay i mean i mean if anyone who was involved in this is listening to the show like i sincerely apologize for the comments i'm about to make but like i think the only move here is not to play (laughs) Like, just the idea, (laughs) like, if someone comes in to your company and says, we want you to redesign this logo, the only acceptable answer is, no, get the hell out of my office. (laughs) Like, there's no winning answer here. And so it doesn't speak to any of the talent of the folks involved here, but this is just reached icon status, cannot be touched in any way. (laughs) Okay? Do not mess with it at all anything you touch of this you will ruin it and just make it worse it is 
perfect the way that it is and cannot be improved on. This is, I kind of like think that there are a handful of things like this. Like imagine if someone came to you and was like, hey, we'd like you to redesign the Apple logo, please. <laughs> like Again, only acceptable answer is no. Thank you. Get the hell out of my office. And so I don't know. I just think it's funny. I think it's a. Uh, it was. It was interesting to see the the outrage of this. The worst kind of outrage for this was like, here's my alternative design that I like that personally like better. It's like, nope. <laughs> Like, wrong take, wrong take. This is the original one. It's 100% iconic and should remain until the end of time. (laughs) So I feel like I'm already unqualified to speak for Gen Zs, right? Like, I'm, I should, I can't, I shouldn't. And yet, I would say that what this feels like is, is if old millennials try to, like, design something that they think the youths think is cool... (laughs) It's like the just with emoji plastered at random spot. I don't know. It's, it doesn't feel very cohesive or polished. Yeah, this it, this does not look good. Yeah, actually, this art was AI generated. That's why. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> see, I wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> did you see the Pope thing? <laughs> yeah, with yeah, yeah. yeah. I did. jacket. I thought this was real. <laughs> I fell for it. Yep, I fell for it. So yeah, and that's dangerous because like my brain is not trained to doubt everything you see you know i was scrolling like mastodon I, i'm not stopping at every tweet or every post and say like hmm is this real you know my default is just yep unless it's too crazy that doesn't sound true like i'll just believe it and now yeah i fell for it all right recommendations let's do those do you want to start yeah my recommendation this week is the presentable newsletter by friend of the show uh, victor kearns he has been doing this brand new newsletter for uh, many weeks now. I've actually like been reading it and, and really enjoying it and where he's talking about lots of different topics, sometimes like dives into fashion and like some of the things that he's interested in. And I found it to be a really enjoyable newsletter. I generally don't do a lot of newsletters, to be honest, because I find that a lot of them end up feeling like more like a burden. But the way that Victor writes it and the kind of topics that he brings up are all to me very interesting. And I feel like I I know Victor a little bit, so it feels like more of a personal personal note from a friend. And I think if you like the show, you will certainly like the, the newsletter. So yeah, go check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes. Good one. Uh, yeah. We love Victor. Hi, Victor. Uh, my recommendation is uh, the PSVR 2, you know, the Sony's PlayStation VR headset. Second generation. I got it because I saw the reviews and then got FOMO. So I'm recommending it because especially compared to the first version, which was my last VR headset, it's a massive improvement in terms of technology. It's so much better. The resolution is so much better. The tracking is so much better. The Everything, the, the controllers are so much better. The It only has one cable. It's everything. Every part of it is just so much better than before. And I've been enjoying it a lot. And this is not really part of, of the recommendation, but it took me down a very scary, deep, rabbit hole in where i got these the 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 headset and then i got gran turismo the racing game and Mm -hmm. that was really immersive and i was so into this immersion that i decided to buy a you know those like steering wheels with the pedals and all to like add to the emotion and then which got me to really get into racing and cars and then i started watching drive to survive on netflix and now i'm into f1 and now i'm like (laughs) enjoying uh, watch parties like f1 races and i don't know where i'm doing and i'm scared <laughs> but 
this is where I'm at. Uh, so yeah, I've been consistently playing like three to four times a week. Oh like, wow! At night, uh, just get a couple of races in, and the, the headset is really really nice. So if you have a PS5 and if you want to, you know, enjoy some VR games, this is a good headset. Do recommend. Nice. That's really cool. I've also heard that there it shares a lot in common with Apple's upcoming rumored headset thing. So I'd be curious. Maybe this is like there's a whole episode here on just getting your take on how you're feeling about the rumored Apple device and maybe what we can learn from this PSVR. Could be. What have you heard that like what do they share? Um, it's there was this video by uh, Snazzy Labs. I think where he kind of walks through the various rumors. I think the way they do some of the lenses, I, I won't be able to like, give a good uh, uh, res- yeah, okay. resume, but the lenses and I, I believe some of the screens inside both eyes are rumored to be kind of similar. I can see that. So, yeah, I'll put a link to that video in the show notes where people can go and watch. It's a great, great thing to watch. Uh, lots of interesting thoughts there um but yeah so maybe we'll uh we'll see we'll do our own episode of what your thoughts are after using psvr2 what your predictions would be with the the apple headset yeah i can see that it has like two 4k screens one for each eye and it has like the cameras as a way to track and it's cool because they have this like pass through mode mm. so i can turn that on and you can see outside of the headset uh, a bit trippy okay i don't want to get too much into it because maybe that's like an episode there uh, okay, okay we can okay, okay. dive deep into your feelings about it because i feel like you've been much more into the vr stuff than i have at least recently sure. um curious to get your take and maybe like some of our predictions ahead of a possible announcement this summer so curious to capture sort of like where we're at feelings wise uh with it before we, we hear more about the device all right, let's say our goodbyes. You can find links to everything we mentioned in our show notes on our website. That's layout.fm. Uh, you can stay in touch by following the show and ourselves on Mastodon. Uh, it's at layout or at Rafa and at Kevin on Mastodon.design. The show was edited by Laura Kond and our music is from Guillermo Silva. And our huge thanks to our sponsor this week, uh, Tripsy. Go check them out. You can save 30% off on their yearly plan. Links in the show notes. Check them out. If not, just check out their website and their app, which is lovely. If you're listening to this podcast, I know you'll appreciate that. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Yeah, in two weeks. All right, bye. Bye-bye. I had some questions about The Last of Us because I just recently finished the series on HBO. So if you don't know, The Last of Us was this uh, game series. I think there's a couple of games. How many? Two? Two. Okay. Very popular. I actually knew about this game beforehand because I think you've talked to me about it. And I also know that uh, some friends of mine... Like, when I first bought a a PS4, I believe at the time, Nico, a good friend of mine, was like, you have to play this game. (laughs) So he actually lent me his copy of the game so that I can play. Sounds like a great friend. The game a little bit. He's a great friend. I liked him. So I knew of this before it, it, like, that the series came out on HBO. But obviously now with the series being out and Pedro Pascal and, you know, (laughs) all of it, uh, all the hype. You know, it's come back into the sort of like general sort of consciousness and people are 
sort of rediscovering it. Definitely. And so I've just finished the series. I was a little bit behind. And I was curious to get your thoughts on it because I feel like I haven't seen you talk about this, like, <laughs> almost, like, at all anywhere. And I feel like... I've posted a couple of toots. Oh, maybe I, I missed these. Yeah. But I feel like you're probably one of the biggest fans of The Last of Us that I know, uh, Nico yeah. side. So curious to get, what is your overall appreciation of the HBO series about The Last of Us? Very positive. Big thumbs up. I was so nervous when, uh, you know, leading up to, to the first episode coming out finally. Because I've seen the trailers and they were all right. But like you said, I am a massive fan of the series uh the game series the first last of us is still in forever my favorite video game ever like no doubt part two it's so man i can't wait for everyone to like see the show for you know season two i guess it's gonna cover probably not the whole game but anyway because it was and it's still today the most divisive game like i've ever seen wow a lot of people hate it i think most people hate it but then also, a lot love it to death because it's very bold in what it's trying to achieve. Anyway, do you love it or hate it? I really like it. It's so impressive. Okay, interesting. But it's here's why it's tricky. In oh, god damn it, I don't want to start by talking about part two. But yeah, don't spoil it, please. <laughs> it's tricky because part two. I'm not going to spoil it, but part two, the story turns out it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> the story is is trying to make you feel angry in like angry at the story at what's happening, right? So it's trying to push really negative feelings onto you. And if you can't ride those feelings until the other side or whatever, then why wouldn't you hate it? Right. Like it's trying to have you, to make you hate it. Anyway, so <laughs> it's not an easy thing to take. Anyway, so when they announced that they were going to make a series, I was really nervous because historically video game adaptations are at best awful <laughs> like like really bad they never seem to really capture what made the game good in the first place yeah that is a classic thing right like yeah <laughs> as soon yeah. as you hear okay video game adaptation you're like oh no it's not gonna be good Ugh. yeah because so yeah so this once i became aware that neil Druckmann, the creator uh, director of the games that he was involved like not not involved as like a i don't know an advisor like no he was very much involved he was like as a showrunner as craig mason and also he was going to direct i think one episode at least one or two so that made me a bit more confident that like maybe this is going to be good because i trust neil also he if i'm protective about this series imagine him he literally created it so you know i think it was on in his best interests to <laughs> make something good so, and then, yeah, the first episode came out and I was like, ah, oh, I can stop worrying. Like, this is good. This is good. Also, I, I know it's too late now because the season's over. But if you were to watch it, I strongly recommend you listen to the official podcast, mm. companion podcast, which is hosted by Troy Baker. He's the person, the actor who played Joel in the game. And also he played, I forget the name of the character. He played like a minor role in episode seven, I think, the one with the... Should I sound a spoiler horn? Yeah, I think we should. The cannibals. Okay. Uh, anyway, so he hosts the podcast, and then he has Neil Druckmann and Craig Mason, the two showrunners, in the in a podcast, and they talk about like each episode. Oh, great! I have not checked that out. It's really good. I might go back. Yeah. So overall, I'm really, really, really happy. I think they did a really good job in like keeping the important things and then deviating where it would be additive to the experience. So, for example, in the game, you follow a character or two 
but you follow Joe for most of the game, and then Ellie in the part mm-hmm. of in the section of the game. But you follow that character. So anything that happens in where the character didn't see it, like you can't see it. Like you can't just show a cutscene of like, oh, in I don't know somewhere else this happened. Like that's not how the game is designed. So for example, in the show, we had a lot of cold openings, either like flashbacks. Or like this, not virus, but uh, this fungus being, um, not fungus, what is it? Cordyceps. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like this being, like how did this whole thing started in, what was it, Indonesia? Or somewhere else, I forget actually, uh, I think it was episode yeah. three. The cold opening of with the scientists. So uh, that was really adding to the world. It was not contradicting or retconning something that happened in the in the game. And so it was really adding to the experience while being faithful to it. And then even the places where it did deviate a little bit, for example, the whole episode three with uh, Bill, mm-hmm. what was his name? Frank. Frank, yeah. That, very different than what happened in the game. Very different. So in the game, Joel and Ellie meet Bill. Bill's alive. Oh, um, okay. Frank is only mentioned through, like, you know how you can, like, find letters and stuff in the game that you can, like, read and stuff, but it's not really part of the main. Like, it's easy to miss. But, but if you were to read those, you would be aware of Frank. Like, he was probably someone very special to Bill. And, like, yes, it's implied that they had a relationship, but not mm-hmm. obvious. You kind of, you are aware of those. So when I saw Frank in the episode, I'm like, oh, I know where this right. is going to go. <laughs> but they decided to change the story. So, you know, the whole, like, joint suicide thing, was, which was beautiful and tragic and everything. Yeah, I mean, I think this was the best episode of the entire series, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I think so too. Like, but that as episode is an example of like, yeah, they deviated from the game, like it's different, and yet I think it really added to the whole experience and in, in the the story, the plot, mm-hmm. and it was something that you could not do in the game. You could not have what a two hour long cutscene <laughs> of like seeing the story of these two characters. You can't because it doesn't follow the perspective of Joel or Ellie. So it's a great example of like this is something you can do in, in a different medium while adding to the whole story and the whole plot. Beautiful. And overall, like, they hit the same scenes. Like, there are certain cutscenes and, like, lines of dialogue in the game that they're iconic. In certain conversations, they're iconic. And when you try to recreate those, they are in itself so cinematic already that, like, if you change them in the show, like, you better have a good reason. Like, why would you change this, I don't know, this scene? And so those, all of those key scenes, in my opinion, they kept it intact in the show like Mm. not just the actual lines they're exactly the same for the most part but also the delivery exactly the same and as a fan that felt really good like yes they are like honoring this this is how it happens yeah and that just speaks to the quality of the source material right like most video games you could not do that (laughs) seriously and in the last episode even like that whole final editing sequence of like when after joel does what he does and you know in, with marlene in the parking lot thing you kind of even the editing is like mm. trying to not trick you but like keeping you doubting like not sure what happened because you mm. see him meet darlene and then it edits out and then he's driving and you only see him yeah, and yeah. you're like wait so did he change his mind right and then you see ellie wake up in the back and like oh, okay no ellie's there and then it edits back to this anyway that whole sequence incredibly 100 percent faithful to the game glad they did and then they, they added for example the whole story of anna the ellie's mom mm, I see. that is something that neil had created it was in Tended to be like a 
I think a comic or like a yeah like a graphic novel type of thing they would release after, hmm. uh, but then they never ended, they ended up not doing it. And then Neil also wanted to like maybe shoot that like as a live action like little short, but they also ended up never doing that. So this is like they finally found a way to tell the story, <laughs> which I didn't know about, and the fact that they cast Ashley Johnson yes to play Ali's mom. Ashley is the actor who plays Ali. It's so perfect because Ashley is Ellie's mom in a sense that like she <laughs> gave her life, right? It's it was beautiful. As a fan, I think it really rewards you, and as someone who was not a fan, I think it created new ones. You know, beautiful. So really, really happy with it. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I mean, I also really enjoyed it, and I think from episode one, it was clear that this was going to be a show that was very competently made. <laughs> right like i think there's a a lot of moments like i remember like the opening actually was i thought really well done also the moment where you see like that little kid and that like split second where like no one says anything but you realize oh no (laughs) this is not gonna be good for you buddy (laughs) like i thought there were a couple of these moments where you're just like wow like just they're courage to like go to these places and just like be like yep like this is this is how it's gonna go i think it was just great from my perspective though i would say it's felt like nine episodes more than one cohesive like story from beginning to end like it really felt like almost like every episode or two episodes was its own sort of mini storyline and then they kind of like add them all up together to do nine episodes but there were moments where i felt like oh yeah you kind of need to kill off this character because like well i actually didn't know because i didn't finish the game when i started playing it but like i'm like i have a feeling like either this character doesn't exist (laughs) or just needs to go away because we never see them again (laughs) And so I was very invested. Like, I really liked the storyline with Henry, for example. Yeah. And just, like, the way it ended was, like, incredible. Like, just shocking in every way. But I felt bad that, like, every time we meet a new character, they just will inevitably die <laughs> after one or two yeah. episodes. Um, I think they can kind of get away with it in a believable way because, like, yeah, this world that they've built, it's, yeah, it this happens. Like, don't get attached because... People die all the time. Yeah, it happens, but I feel like there should be more of an like overlap. Like in a normal show, it's not a like meet a person, they die, meet a new person, they die, meet a new person. It's right. like, right. you know, there's more of an overlap. Maybe it felt, yeah, it felt a bit more, not rushed, but very short. Yeah, that's kind of the, the vi- video gamey feel, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, I like, got to move on here. Yeah, because in the video, like in a game... You have these sections like, yeah, now you're in the snow level. Now you're in the spring section. And the, yeah, so it's kind of, you need these breaks. And there are some time jumps in between. Okay, I have, uh, maybe I just have two questions for you mm-hmm. as a newcomer to the series. Um, first question, do you, and I, know, I understand this is not a yes or no, it's not really a black or white answer, but do you think Joel did the right thing? Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> that's, the... that's question number one. It's the question, because I've had 10 years to think about these questions. <laughs> right. But in uh, second question, do you think Ellie at the end, do you think Ellie believes Joel or right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll just leave it. So did Joe do the right thing? So here's the thing. And this is like a general movie thing. Like this also applies to Star Wars. (laughs) Just like the amount of people that this guy killed to save one person just kind of doesn't super add up to me i mean it adds up emotionally speaking of course but i don't know part of me is just like dude like that is a bit yeah. <laughs> intense here i'm like obviously they're npcs right in game universe but it's not just like he just killed bad dudes like he killed scientists who've been yeah. working trying to save humanity <laughs> like he didn't have to kill all these people like it just seems like that it's so it's hard for me to say like he was right like he was correct like no, like, clearly, I don't think he was right or justified in doing these things. It's one thing to have to kill someone who's, like, about to kill you, um, but it's another to, like, go to this extent, I think. But on the other hand, I'm like, I feel like the math isn't mathing on this one, like, where they're like, okay, like, it's something that has to do with her brain, like, so we're gonna, like, extract this thing. Like, I feel like it's just, like, just the connection between, okay, we have Ellie to, yes, we have a solid plan for a cure here, to me is, like, shaky at best. <laughs> and so I kind of feel like, are you guys sure? Like, imagine that she is your only hope. Like, don't you want to, like, really be certain before you go through with this, like, presumably, like, one-off operation, like, one-time thing? That you want to make sure not to screw up. Personally, from what we've seen in the TV show, not convinced. <laughs> really not convinced that like they would be able to get the cure. Because I think to me that also influences my opinions on the rest. Is like, do I believe if I was had the guarantee that they would have like a proper cure for the entirety of humanity, I'd be like, see ya, Ellie, like you're done. Um <laughs> but ruthless but in this case like to me it's just really hard to put that bet and so in that case what i think would have been right would have been to properly ask i mean this is how i feel like it works in the real world where like before you do an operation or you get treatment in a hospital like you need to provide consent i feel like she would have had to provide consent and most likely would have accepted <laughs> I think, especially in this situation. Um, so, but yeah, definitely a complicated situation. Also, I mean, for him, Joel, he, when he lost Hannah, like he, he was in that position before. He went through that, losing her child. He was a broken man ever since. And the only time he found himself like somehow healing and having the world make sense to him was like now with Ellie. And he kind of says that, like, it wasn't time that healed my wound as implying that like it was you it was right you know and then that was i think the one thing that he could not do again go through again Mm -hmm. he could not again lose another child to the greater good because even you know that soldier that killed his daughter in the opening he did it for the greater good like to contain this infection that was happening or whatever right you know he was not a bad guy, like, for out of malice. Yeah, I'm going to kill them all. No, it was, you know, orders, sure, but... Let me just say, there were a lot more reasons to kill that guy who <laughs> killed his actual daughter <laughs> than the other ones. Yeah. But, yes. uh, but I agree, like, emotionally, it certainly paid off. And, and also, like, in a way that I think... 
don't know if that's, that's a Pedro Pascal thing or it just like happens to be the shows that he's in where there's like generally very little like emotional range <laughs> with him mm-hmm. and the types of characters that he plays. So actually from a story perspective, it was nice to see that sort of evolution and that change and that like stronger sort of emotional connection. But yeah, like, I mean... Again, it's, like, impossible to put yourself in this situation for real, but I just feel like, yeah, like, that's not how I would have reacted in that situation. As crazy as it, like, as it sounds. And then your other question was, do I think that Ellie believes him at the end? My read on what we saw on the screen is, I do not think she believes him. (laughs) Like, I just, I felt like there's a different way to act this out if you want to feel like she really believes him. I think, at least for now, she decides to accept his version as truth for now. We'll see how long that actually lasts and not challenge it more. But I didn't get a sense that she was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I felt <laughs> like she was like, a couple things aren't adding up here. But sure, I'll play along with it. That was my read. Interesting. Yeah, no. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I mean, I have seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, okay. I can't wait. I just, I don't think they'll manage to do part two, like the game, the second game, in one season. Like, no, they've already said that it will be two separate seasons. Oh, okay. Great then. Because the, the game in itself, it's already kind of split in two also. There's like oh, okay, there's interesting. two clear, like distinct parts to it. Um, okay. I had just one more question on this. So yeah. I've played the beginning of last of us part one <laughs> um okay and then kind of moved on nothing to do with the game although i've honestly i felt like m- much of the game was like this is i'm watching a movie that i every now and then get to move around in <laughs> um, but uh enjoying my time with the game but it's really just like i'm fundamentally not really much of a gamer um and uh, now i've watched the show i've generally enjoyed the show although i, th- I think some episodes were sh- much stronger than others but now i'm kind of like interested like now i'm like now i'm into it um and so i'm curious like do you think it's better to play the game like should i actually like go out and get last of us part two and attempt once again to play the game in anticipation for the second season or should i just let it be and just just wait for for the next season so based on what i've experienced with the first season Playing the game does not really rob you from enjoying the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it as much, but t- not more, but differently than maybe people who were seeing the story for the first time or enjoyed different parts of it. So I don't think you should stay away from the game if you want to like experience the, the show for to the fullest. I think it's safe to do that. Um, part two is more of it's not harder i mean it is actually harder but it's longer it's a longer uh, game than the first one Hmm. Uh, not just an actual like how long it takes you to do it but also there's a lot more things to it there's a lot more emotions a lot more i think it's an incredible game what i'm trying to say is if you found that the first game was kind of hard to play like to go through it Maybe not just gameplay, but like... I just felt like I wanted to kill some zombies. Yeah. <laughs> and the game was like, no, you must run away and hide. But yeah, but like, uh, yeah. So if you're willing to play it and you want to commit, then play it. It's a great game. You're going to enjoy it. If you're not a gamer and you feel like, I don't, can't really go through this, then I would say wait for the show. The one thing I would ask not to do 
is I think you're doing a disservice to yourself if you just watch like a gameplay on YouTube. Oh, I like, okay. <laughs> watch the game. I like, don't do that. I didn't even wasn't even considering that as an option. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, yeah. it's fair. I think most people, if they want to know what happens next, and they are not willing to wait for the next season, which I think is going to take like two years, and they're not willing to play like a. 30 hour game they're just going to watch cutscenes on youtube which Mm. is fair to do but i'm telling you that if you do that you're really depriving yourself from like some interesting. yeah because then you get just like a lesser tv show like you don't really get the full experience i agree with that okay cool thanks for this i feel like i've wanted to chat with my resident last of us expert so (laughs) appreciate this this is a good conversation